Accountability Talks with AGA. I'm your host, Paul Marshall. And today, we'll be speaking with Wendy Payne from FaceAB and Wendy Morton Huddleston from Grant Thornton, all about the AGA Journal. Good morning. So today we have Wendy Payne and Wendy Morton Huddleston. And I'd like to start off, uh, Wendy Payne, please, if you could just introduce yourself here and explain your day job and also your role on the journal. Thank you, Paul. I'd be delighted to. I have served as the executive director of the Federal Accounting Standards Advisory Board for many years. And one way that I make it more interesting is by volunteering to serve on AGA groups. Currently, I'm serving as the chair of the journal editorial board. Hi, good morning. I'm Wendy Morton Huddleston. Happy to be here today. I am a principal with Grant Thornton. I've been there for 14 years and I'm a risk advisory services uh, principal providing services across federal, state, local government, and non-for-profit in reference to a myriad of risk management, financial management transformation services. I am a 18-year member of AGA and have been fortunate enough to really embrace the process of getting published and preparing and doing uh, the due diligence and research to present articles to the journal. And I am the immediate past president of Washington, D.C. chapter of AGA. Well, great. Well, I'm happy to have you both here today. So let's start off. Uh, I think it'd be good to kind of get the baseline of the governance process of the journal, how, how that works, and then we can start from there and go into how to actually submit articles and all that. But let's start with the, the governance process. Sure, Paul. I, it happens behind the scenes, so I imagine few people really give it much thought. The journal is and qualifies as an academic journal because it does have a double-blind review process. The uh, reviewers are the members of the journal editorial board. We have a lot of wonderful volunteers who spend a lot of time because they each review a number of articles each uh, quarter. So the input from the reviewers is provided to me as the editorial board chair. I do a blind review as well. I don't know who the authors are. And the review results uh, usually whittle down more than a dozen submissions to about six uh, articles for publication. And all that feedback goes to the authors as well. Oh, great. I didn't realize. So from down from about 12 to, to about six. Yes. And... And actually, I guess this goes to my next question. Um, every journal basically has a theme, correct? So uh, if you get submissions that you may not be able to use for this article, it depends on if, not really, if it's not really hitting the theme for the next, the next journal, it probably won't qualify for that either, right? Well, we, we do pick themes. Uh, usually about a year ahead, we mm -hmm. are selecting the themes for each quarter. The theme for the fall quarter, for example, is restoring trust in government. So that's a very broad theme. It covers enterprise risk management, financial management, but you can also consider things regarding ethics. So while there is a theme, it's usually a broad umbrella theme, so there are a lot of things that could qualify. But we also, if it's newsworthy, mm -hmm. even if it's not directly tied to the theme, we will roll it in if it's newsworthy. Oh, okay. um, for example, the president's management agenda is newsworthy right sure. now. Right, right. So we would certainly consider articles on that uh, just to get them in at the right point in time. Okay. And how do you all come up with the themes? Is you know what, what's the process for that? 
The board members, uh, usually the professional staff here at AGA will make some recommendations and then the board members will brainstorm. Uh, any ideas are welcome. The board members actually do work pretty hard. That's um, a year-round job and we do task them with a lot. So we just collaborate and the staff here are terrific about wordsmithing the general mm -hmm. ideas that the board comes up with. Right. Well, and I, I did notice, uh, you know, there are some writing deadlines coming up for the next journals. June 1st, um, that's going to be the risk management, basically is the theme on that one. And then mm -hmm. September 1st will be the deadline for the winter journal technology threats and tools as well. Um, so let's say, you know, okay, I see the theme. I want to write an article here. You know, I've never done this. Sounds scary. You know, what's the process? What do I do? How do I put this together? Sure, I'll take that one. And Paul, in reference to starting po starting points, I would even just take an opportunity to read through several journal submissions of a myriad of articles from one segment they have in the article in the journal is I on the future and just get an understanding of the outline and that backdrop that has to be established in reference to why is this important? What's your point of view that at the end of the article that you want your reader to come out with? And so after thinking through systematically how you're going to sketch out those insights and also how is it grounded in research? Are you mm -hmm. referencing government accountability office reports in that article? Um, thinking about your constituent base, the readership around the demographics from federal, state, local government, as well as academia, not-for-profit community, and just really storyboarding it in an outline, and then thinking through how can I bring my comrades across industry to collaborate and team up with me and to write this journal piece, and bringing in various aspects of expertise. Mm -hmm. For example, for the submission is due on June 1st, you can bring in someone that understands payment integrity because improper payments mm -hmm. will be featured, as well as compliance risk because risk management will be featured. And just really looking at that tapestry of skill set, core competencies, the outline, and bringing your team along for the journey. Okay, that, yeah, absolutely. And so speak more about the, the collaboration process. Obviously, I, I, you know, these articles are usually written by a, a team or at least one or two different folks. Um, what would you recommend to folks when they want to put a team together? You know, first of all, who's the best person to, 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 to collaborate with or how, you know, how do you meet these people? How do you reach out to these people? Is there anybody that can help you with this? Sure, absolutely. Social media, reach out <laughs> to individuals across the public and private sector. It's a myriad of authors out there as well as expertise from various uh, agencies from the federal state local level as well as some of the faculty and deans in academia they are uh, repeated authors as well so i would just certain certainly say leverage uh, social media as well as just the AGA network, right, uh, right. some of the AGA staff and board members can make those connections and it broach those introductions. So feel empowered to do that and look to complement and round out what perspectives and points of views that everyone will be contributing. Okay. But feel empowered because more often than not, someone will certainly um, be eager to join, join the bandwagon and also may have been pondering how were they going to put, how they were going to push off and and initiate a piece for a journal consideration. Right. Well, let's get to some of the nitty-gritty on, on writing an article. Um, I mean, I know there's some 
rules and tips and hints on things on how long should the article be, you know, how many citations. So let's just start with that. Is there is there a page limit or a word limit, something like that? The guidelines are on the website, but generally for an article, 2,500 words is the target. Okay. Um, it can't be something that has been published previously. So if you have original research, you need to provide the methodology. Mm -hmm. uh, most academic journals require you to describe your methodology. But if you're using primarily reviews of other people's work, you need to provide citations. So mm -hmm. like any journal, we want our uh, articles to be free of plagiarism. Uh, so cite something. <clears throat> if you're using it, cite it. You should, of course, clearly mark anything that's a quotation as a quotation. Right. So there's a professional standard here. We're talking about, you know, it's a professional journal, so yes. there's certain, you know, standards that we adhere to, and you all kind of provide that. I mean, the website's on the website, but also if, I don't know, if I've written a term paper or something like that in school, you know, it's sort of a lot of the similar ideas. It is. Mm -hmm. A lot of it is very similar and will be familiar to you as a professional. Mm -hmm. um, the I don't want to discourage practitioners, though. While we are an academic journal and um, professors like to be published in our journal, mm -hmm. we're also more of a pracademic. Mm. We have a lot of articles from practitioners. Okay. Uh, we really try to support the federal, state, and local government practitioner by making them aware of what's on the uh, horizon, trying to look forward. Right. And actually, that, that brings up a, another question I had. Um, you know, you said you, folks submit several articles and you're only able to pick a few mm -hmm. but so what what's the best way you know what are some things that 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 would make your article stand out be more likely to be chosen uh, for the for the journal well if I enjoy reading it okay yeah <laughs> um, readability so readability Absolutely. is a big thing and for me one of the things that makes an article stand out is um, if you've chopped it up into sections and you have subheadings if you have graphics mm -hmm. you don't have to have a polished graphic um, submitted because we do have a, a design house that works with us okay uh, in finalizing so you can just have an idea of how you want the graphic to look and the professional folks here can make it look that way um, sidebars uh, sometimes we if we get a long article but the content is really relevant and it's a well to told story we might even, as reviewers, suggest pull this out as a sidebar mm -hmm. um, because no one really wants to look at a page that's black and white text. Right, absolutely. Yeah, the, the more white space you can build in by, by doing sidebars and graphics, mm -hmm. uh, I think it's helpful. Yeah, and I've been impressed. I mean, when I read through the journal, it just looks really professional. It looks interesting, engaging, a lot of nice pictures, graphics, charts. Mm -hmm. um, it's not sort of a dry academic sort of journal. You know, it's, no. it's very... Yeah. I think Wendy said it well when she said, think about your, your message. Um, the prior editorial board chair, uh, Billy Moorhead, uh, has an article that will be coming up about how to write an article for the journal. And it's a great piece, but one of the things he highlighted was try to get into one sentence why you're writing this article. What do you want your takeaway to be? Try to boil that down to one key sentence, and it will help frame the whole article. That's great advice. So, okay, so that's good. So, so you should submit some basic charts or things that you want to include in there. But you don't have to be a you know a fancy 
editor with you know, Photoshop and all these kinds of skills. <laughs> you guys have somebody that can help with that and, exactly. and put it together. Okay, well, that's, yep. that's good. That makes it a little less intimidating as well. I uh, think another thing that helps with that is just to conceptually even put a few points around an infographic and then AGA takes the baton and mm -hmm. they really just elaborate further on some three-dimensional, whether that's bringing together people process technology and what's that overarching pillar is it accountability is it uh, governance and and what type of uh, key bullets can tie and frame back to that the overarching theme so even just sketching out at a very basic level AGA has done phenomenal uh, with their partnership and design center and, and really getting into the polished product that you see in the publication. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, that gets to the next piece. I was uh, So we've written the article, we've submitted it. Um, what are kind of the next steps, editing, reviewing, you know, what, what should I expect after I submit? The We give the journal editorial board members uh, a few weeks to review. They get to select from the list of articles submitted, so it's kind of a race for people to get their top choices. Mm -hmm. But They'll pick just based purely on the title of the article. So make your titles snazzy. Uh, those two, we try to get two editorial board members to review. Mm -hmm. They submit a, a yes, no recommendation. Sometimes they submit a maybe recommendation. They will include, just like in a Word document, and we do prefer the submission to be in Word with very little formatting. So don't try to make it look pretty, just write it. Right. Um, with end notes. So the reviewers will make comments with the, the comment feature. They might go so far as to correct your typos for you. <laughs> uh, of course, they'll do it in track changes so you can see. All of that gets loaded into an online portal. Uh, and then I, in fact, this week I'm running a little behind because I need to review the reviewers' comments. So I'll have two or three versions of each of the submissions. I review them and I kind of weigh the yes and no's and the maybes. The yeses will hear pretty quickly. The maybes will hear um, back with reviewer comments and be asked to resubmit. And they do need to respond fairly quickly within mm -hmm. a week or two to resubmit their article with their changes. Um, the no's will also hear fairly quickly uh, that they haven't been selected. Sometimes the no's will be asked to resubmit for another theme um, or to resubmit after they've corrected the problems that are identified. Um, then the staff here at AGA, they do have uh, editors who are trained to review for grammar, consistency. You know, did you spell out all your abbreviations the first time you used them? Were you internally consistent um, in your use of terms and grammar? So they'll all send that back to the authors. Uh, the authors will also get a chance to see the proof of how it will look in the journal. You know, what did the design house do with the graphs or charts? How did they add art to it? Because the author isn't required to submit a beautiful color piece of art. Um, I remember one article that had unicorn in the title. So mm -hmm. we used unicorns. And of course, the <laughs> author didn't submit their rendering of a unicorn. Right. So that all comes back to the author before and to proofread uh, before the final publication. OK. Well, um, so now we know how to submit and 
the whole process. And I, I just want to kind of want to throw out there, are there any articles that you've seen in the last year or two that you thought particularly stood out or, you know, you would point people to or you found interesting? Sure, yes. I would certainly say the spring 2018 journal around new developments in government finance. And there's an article under the Eye on the Future segment around Data Act, the first year reporting completed, what's next? Mm -hmm. And so it really gives an opportunity to do some reflecting on the implementation, what went well, what were some of the foundational milestones, and then from the standpoint of what's on the trajectory of new opportunities, further standardization, data transparency, and even touching on some of the codification and standardization with grants, mm -hmm. as well as different areas of, when you think about public money and those expenditures and how um, that process of incenti incentivizing um, more effectively and enabling individuals to make better informed decisions. So that article was put in by Christina Ho, and so that was, a she's a senior executive in financial management, and I thought that that was a great one. No, what I like about the journal too is it'll take a lot of obviously trending topics or new things or even futuristic things. The latest journal is about robots, <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we've, I've seen articles about blockchain, are very interesting. Um, actually, one of our upcoming podcasts is on blockchain, so we'll talk about that article. Um, no, but I just like that it's it's not just, you know, accounting, CPA kind of things. There's things about recruiting folks. There's things about, you know, you said performance, and it's just a wide spectrum. And I think that the journal does a good job of readability, keeping things interesting and topics that kind of span all kinds of things. Absolutely, Paul. And one of the things also, I did a piece on human capital management, how to groom the next generation of financial management professionals. And I knew that I wanted to poll several outlets or organizations mm -hmm. to be able to have some survey data to reference in the piece. And so that's another area upfront doing the planning and strategy setting of how do I pad in this time to um, young government leaders of America was one outlet, and they mm -hmm. needed several weeks to respond for us to get the data back, as well as a couple other junior professional millennial cohorts. And that's another way just to be able to gather the data, do some analytics on it, and to make certain that it's repurposed in your piece accordingly and referenced and in another context point. Mm -hmm. Uh, and let me ask too, what's some of the practical uses of the journal? Um, for example, over at FaceApp, do you, what do you guys, do you guys use the journal or do you see the journal on people's desks? <laughs> we certainly do. I think, I think most of the FaceApp staff are also members of AGA. In fact, uh, Ross Sims has been a prior uh, DC chapter president, uh, as well as Eileen Parlow prior to him. Mm -hmm. um, Eileen has since moved on to the Securities and Exchange Commission. So the, um, the reason that we are so active in the community really is we can't do what we do without connections in the community. Right. The journal really keeps us on the forefront of what are people doing out there and particularly where practitioners are making use of financial information and improved financial systems, trying to find new technology that will reduce the cost of compliance and free up resources for analytical purposes. Mm -hmm. So we really find the, the journal as a help, helpful way to stay abreast. It also adds to the credibility when we do staff papers. 
if we, when we're proposing something to our board, if we can point to a, a reference in a quality journal, such as the, the AGA journal, the Government Financial Management Journal. So those are the many ways we use the articles. Um, we're also aware that academics use them that way too. They, they like to get published, but they also like to have resources to reference. So you'll find references to AGA in other journals, like there's a public money and management journal over in the UK. I have seen references to AGA's journal in, in their uh, articles. Wow. And Wendy, how about over at Grant Thornton? I mean, how do you all utilize the journal? I know you've had staff write articles and things like that, so it's a great development tool it's as well. It's absolutely, Paul. It's a great development tool from the standpoint our performance scorecard touches on branding and marketing in the public sector marketplace. So it's just a great way to uh, push out the in acumen and the degree of raising their profile mm -hmm. in their industry uh, from the association perspective as well as their client base and just in general in professional services. So that's certainly something that uh, we empower our practitioners to be involved, to get involved and to really understand that this is just the beginning steps of getting published and how to go about doing, um, doing that and that that's just going to be a continuation in terms of professional growth and development. Right, and I, I found when you're trying to write a scholarly type article, you really learn a lot too. You, you know, you, you should have a decent knowledge of the topic, obviously, but you usually start digging deep. You know, you, you'll be surprised how much you will learn in just in writing something, and you know, you feel a sense of accomplishment when you've kind of finished it up and you've cited it, and it's, you know, it's, it's a good learning tool as well, I think. Absolutely, and we get additional mileage out of it just through posting it on social media, on sure. our LinkedIn page, corporately and independently as our personal pages, and then we continue to uh, share with our followers on our Grant Thornton K-Source page, which goes to individuals across our U.S. member firm. Mm -hmm. uh, so if all 8,000-plus employees get it, that's just a great way for them to see the content, understand what's going on in the marketplace, as well as what you're offering in terms of your background, skill set, and capabilities that really exudes through the piece that you've authored. Right. Well, let me ask you, so, you know, we're all pretty much involved mostly with federal accounting. Um, what have you all seen as far as folks in academia? How, do they use the journal, and in what ways do they, you know, have you seen that out there? Well, several of our board members are uh, academics, mm -hmm. and I know that they use some of the articles when they teach their students. Oh. They share the articles with the students. It's a, a great way to get them engaged. One of our uh, members is Scott Showalter down at North Carolina State University, and he routinely recruits his students to participate in AGA activities, um, including some of the challenges they have for, for students. That's good. And how about the state and local folks? I mean, we obviously you know, want to include all government in yes. this journal. How about what have we seen on the state and local level? You know, I don't have as much background with the state and local, but they certainly are contributors to mm -hmm. the journal, so mm -hmm. I imagine they use it in the same way we do. Yes, absolutely. The state and local from the standpoint of um, how they're managing during any budget reforms or their respective governor or city council, mm -hmm. and for example, off the hills of the historic hurricane seasons in 2017, just looking at um, the municipalities that were impacted by 
Hurricanes Irma, Harvey, and Maria, and even just thinking through what's been going on in Puerto Rico and the recovery and the response. And so um, great, great opportunities for state and local to continue to leverage this platform, but certainly um, the degree uh, of what's going on in our cities and counties uh, nationally. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I'm going to ask just one final question. Now. I'm kind of curious about the author awards. You know, how does that work and how do you all pick you know, the, the awardees, how, how does that process work? Each quarterly issue, the every member of the journal editorial board is sent uh, a list of the articles and asked to rate on four criteria. Mm-hmm. Um, creativity, uniqueness of the topic is one. Is it well written? How much does it contribute to the profession? Is it written for the with the practitioner in mind? Because again, mm-hmm. that comes back to we we don't want to be purely an academic journal. We want to reach the the practitioner right. with ideas that can help them. So the journal editorial board members score independently each article in each and every journal, and at the end of the year, the AGA staff tallies them and the scores weigh in, and that that highest scoring article is recognized for the author award that year. Oh, that's great. Well, that's, that's yeah. another thing to, you know, great thing. You know, you submit an article, and then end of the year you might win an award too. So even yes, even more incentive. <laughs> it's presented in the summer at the PDT each year. Right, right. Yeah. Great. Well, I think we'd like to wrap up and probably with a call to action. Uh, what do you think, Wendy? Yes, Paul. So a call to action to all of our listeners, and thank you all for joining us today, is uh, feel free to check out agacgfm.org and all the great opportunities from uh, learning and development and training. And how can you be published? Well, we want to make certain that you just check out the AGA Journal and two upcoming milestones for the fall 2018 as was mentioned on restoring trust in government milestone date june 1st and so also feel free if you if that's not achievable think through how you can meet and share your insights in the winter 2018 journal on technology threats trends and tools feel free to contact wendy Payne or myself we'd be happy to help you through that uh, effort and looking forward to reading everyone's articles in the upcoming journal submissions Great. Well, Wendy and Wendy, thanks for joining us today, and I appreciate your feedback on the journal, and uh, I think I might be submitting an article sometime soon. (laughs) Great, Paul. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you, Paul. Thanks for tuning into today's show. We hope we inspired you to submit your own article to the AGA Journal. You can visit our website, www.agacgfm.org. Visit our podcast page. There you'll find a how-to guide on how to submit an article. You can also see other podcasts that are available and submit some feedback as to other speakers you'd be interested in listening to. This is Paul Marshall signing off, and we'll see you next time on Accountability